Hello, and welcome to the American Patchwork and Quilting Podcast. I'm Lindsay Mayland, and I'm so excited to be here with you. On today's show, we're sharing tips for using your stash. Using your stash can sometimes be intimidating or overwhelming, but now is a great time to get your fabrics organized and start putting them to use in your current projects. We share some reader tips aimed at having more fun in your sewing room. Then, we announce the 10 featured shops in the newest issue of Quilt Sampler magazine. We love using this time to celebrate some local quilt shops and give them much-deserved recognition. So let's dive in. Let's start with a topic quilters love to chat about, their stash. Many quilters have a stash or are working on growing their stash. And now that we're dealing with the pandemic, a stash seems like a great investment because it keeps our ability to sew and get creative without the need to leave our house. But using your stash can sometimes be intimidating. But don't worry, I'm here with Doris Brunette, the editor of Quilt Sampler, who's here to share tips for making the most of your stash. When I started quilting over 15 years ago, I would buy fabric based on what I needed for a particular project, and what I didn't get used went into a plastic tub as scraps. That tub was the start of my fabric stash. That's a great practice for anyone with limited space or with a limited budget. But I only know a few quilters that buy just the supplies they need for their newest project. Eventually, I started buying fat quarters or half yards of fabric that caught my eye without a plan for using it. When charm packs were first introduced, I was thrilled because even if I didn't have a project in mind or a lot of extra money on hand, I could buy a small bit of the latest collection that caught my eye. Now I might purchase cuts of an entire new collection without a plan for using it, and I know I'm not alone. I try to shop my fabric stash when I decide to start a new project, but like many quilters, I can't always resist the newest and brightest in the fabric shop, and I end up purchasing new fabric for my project. So how do you use your fabric stash to its full potential? I want to share a few suggestions based on what I've learned along the way. First of all, you need to know what you have. It sounds silly, I know, you bought it, you know what you have, right? But when I first started building a stash, I stored it in tubs in a closet. Months would go by without me digging into those tubs, and I would completely forget what I had purchased and stowed away. If you can store your stash on bookshelves or in clear plastic tubs with some sort of organization, and can actually see your stash, you are much more likely to use it and enjoy it. So find a method of organization that works for you, can be anything, color, collection, sort it by genre, sort it by holiday, whatever works for you, and make sure you can see the fabric you have on hand, or at the very least, easily access your stash when you need to. Next, clean out your stash periodically. I'm not saying you have to give fabric away, but if you go through your stash occasionally, and handle each piece, sort it, refold it, make sure it's all organized the way that works best for you. It will help you remember what you do have on hand. While it's nice to have a good stash to work from, I can tell you from experience that it can be overwhelming. Once I started going through my stash on a regular basis, donating pieces that no longer sparked my creativity or that I knew I would never use, it no longer overwhelmed me. When you decide to start a new project, shop your stash first. 
Pull fabrics from your stash, either by colors that you want to use or the value that you want to use in a particular element of the quilt. Want a low volume background? Start there and pull low volume fabrics from your stash. Then start to pull the medium and dark values from your stash that you think might work with that background for the project you have in mind. Don't worry about if the cut of fabric you have on hand is large enough at this point. Just pull and shift fabrics around and play with them until you're happy with the palette you've put together. Once you have your palette of colors chosen, then you can start to look at the size of the cuts you have. If one of your pieces that you pulled is a half yard cut, but the project calls for a 7 8 yard, check to see if that is still available to purchase anywhere. If not, go back to your stash and find another fabric that is very similar in scale, color, and value. If you use the two fabrics scattered throughout the quilt, it is very likely that you will be the only one that ever notices its two different fabrics and you will have used your stash instead of adding more fabric to it. Making scrappy quilts is another great way to utilize your stash. However, some quilters are hesitant to make a scrappy quilt because they don't trust their own ability to put scraps together successfully. If this is you, consider making a planned scrappy quilt by deciding on a restricted color palette and pull from your scraps and stash using just three, four, or five colors, whichever colors you choose. The greatest advantage to this sort of quilt is that you don't have to worry about having enough of a particular piece of fabric. I mentioned pre-cuts earlier, and if you're like me, I'm often stumped for how to use them. I had pre-cut packs and even fat quarter bundles of collections I didn't want to miss out on that used to sit on a shelf accessorizing my sewing room. There's nothing wrong with that if you're happy with them there. However, if you spent the money on them and you really like the fabrics, you'd probably be happy using them. As hard as it may be to do, you should consider breaking them apart. I know that's hard to do, it was really hard for me to do. It's okay to use the parts of a pre-cut pack with fabrics not from the same collection and keep the rest with your scraps or with your other fat quarters. Maybe you have a charm pack you love and you found a great pattern that uses five inch squares, but it requires two charm packs and you only bought one. Go to your stash and start pulling in extra fabrics, solids, blenders, small prints that will enhance the prints in the pre-cut collection. You cut 5 inch squares from the stash fabrics to get enough to make that project. Problem solved and you use your stash. And one more bit of advice, remember that stash fabrics aren't just for quilt tops. I make pieced backs for most of my quilts from my stash. I hope my suggestions help spark some ideas for you to utilize your stash. Try a planned scrappy quilt. It's the perfect project for someone with a large stash, and you might just surprise yourself with a new favorite quilt or how much you used from your stash. Those are all great tips. I know I've really enjoyed putting my stash to use more the last few months. I even decided to finally conquer my overflowing scrap bins and make a super scrappy quilt to use them up. It's been a fun project to pass the time. Plus, who doesn't love an excuse to dig through their pretty fabrics when working on a new quilt? Thanks, Doris. And if you're in need of scrappy quilt patterns or have trouble mixing and matching fabrics from your stash, we have resources for that, so visit our show notes for the details. We'll be back after this quick ad break. Welcome back. I'm here with Reader Tips, a segment where we share your best advice to common quilting struggles. This week, 
we're sharing just-for-fun ideas submitted by our readers. As many of us are cooped up inside, we hope some of the ideas spark some creativity or bring some joy during this time. The first tip is from Dina Miller of Rocky Mountain House, Alberta. She says, For extra inspiration, I use a photo of a quilt I'm working on or have just finished as the wallpaper on my cell phone's lock screen. It makes me smile every time I look at my phone. Deb Stembo from Ogden, Iowa says, Many members of my family have quilted for years. When asked how many quilts they've made, they have no idea. To help me remember the quilts I've made, I have a quilt scrapbook. For each quilt, I include the date completed, the pattern, a flat picture of the quilt, a sample of the quilt block, and a picture of the individual receiving the quilt or where I use it in our home. Pam Mateo of Clear Lake, South Dakota says, I put scraps and snippets from the quilts I make into canning jars by project. Besides fabric scraps, I include the project's finished measurements, the date the quilt was made, and for whom I've made the quilt. The filled jars look nice on a shelf, and I'm able to save reminders of fabrics and patterns. Kathy Sheeran of St. Charles, Illinois says, To practice new free motion quilt designs, I use a drawing app for my iPad, such as Doodle Buddy or Skitch. These apps are fun to use and easy to erase with a tap of a finger, so it's a breeze to repeat a pattern many times, which fine-tunes my muscle memory. Janet Steele of Detroit, Michigan says, I use an inexpensive glass vase to collect scraps. On the occasion of squaring up 48 blocks that contained 24 different fabrics, I noticed how beautiful the scraps looked in the vase. I added some artificial flowers and found that the arrangement really brightened my quilting studio. These could be used as center places at quilting events, too. Annette Cordier of Green River, Wyoming says, I take pictures of my quilts finished ones and tops that aren't quilted yet, and post them on my Facebook page so my friends and family can see my accomplishments. The pictures also remind me which quilt tops still need to be quilted. Dominique Gallant of Bedford, Nova Scotia says, When I make a scrap quilt as a gift, I add a little quiz for the recipient. I might ask, how many fabrics are there? Can you find the only fabric that appears twice? How many blocks are you regular? It's a fun way to get them to explore the quilt. Those are some great tips. We love hearing these ideas from our readers. If you're interested in submitting your own tip for feature in our magazines or on the podcast, send an email of your tip to apqtips at meredith.com. Next, we're hearing from Doris again. Doris is announcing the featured shops in the spring-summer issue of Quilt Sampler, which comes out on May 1st. We always love celebrating these shops, but it's a hard time for them right now and many local quilt shops. Usually, these stores have a big party to celebrate their feature with their customers and staff, which they can't do now. And we always do a fun celebration for them at Quilt Market in May, which is canceled. 
so we wanted to give them a little extra love on the podcast. Take it away, Doris. The first shop, Quilter Studio of Loveland, is based in Ohio. Owner Karen Breed opened the shop in 2010 in suburban Cincinnati. She carries about 5,000 bolts of fabric, nearly 90% of which are batiks. Karen looks at fabric as artist colors, so she wants to offer a wide variety of colors to her customers to as a palette to create from. The shop offers custom long-arm quilting, as well as long-arm machine rental, and carries a full line of superior and orofill threads. Her project, Precious Gems, is a 79 by 96 inch quilt, a stunning mashup of two blocks in purples, plums, green, and blue batiks. Our second shop is Five Little Monkeys Quilt and Sew in North Carolina. Husband and wife, DJ and Angie Lamore, opened the shop in 2017 on the main street of Weirdo, North Carolina. The shop carries about 3,000 bolts of fabric, including 30s florals, batiks, blenders, quirky licensed fabrics, and free spirit fabrics. The business is named after their five children, all who help out with the business. Angie offers a long-arm custom long-arm quilting service, which is how she got started in business. The project, Barrel of Fun, is a medallion quilt, 64 and a half inches square, and it's made with Tula Pink's Monkey Wrench Collection and Peppered Cottons. The third shop, The Quilter's Trunk, in Illinois, was opened in 2015 by friends Katie Nethwani and Lisa Wilberding, and it's opened in the Beverly neighborhood of Chicago, where they both live. Um, This shop made the cover of our spring-summer issue, so congratulations to them. They carry a lot of brights, moderns, batiks, and aboriginal fabrics, and giving the shop an overall contemporary vibe. They also sell Brother Bernina and Baby Lock machines. Their project, Junior Safari, is a 42 by 54 inch baby quilt, gender neutral, with a cute elephant applique. Lickety Stitch Quilts in Lusk, Wyoming, was opened in 2010 by husband and wife Dave and Karen Wisman. It's located in southeast Wyoming in a town of about 1,500. Lickety Stitch fills two storefronts on the main street and specializes in cowboy and western prints and patterns, many exclusive to the shop and many designed by owner Karen Wisman. They also carry a large selection of blenders, florals, juvenile, and flannel fabric, and they ship fabric all over the world. Their project, Happy Trails, is a 69 and a half inch square row quilt. It's Aztec inspired and it's made in Moda Grunge Colors of a Sunset. So Creative in Ashland, Oregon was opened in 2012 by owner Karen Bates. It's a contemporary shop located in a repurposed opera house. So Creative carries one of the largest collections of Australian Aboriginal fabrics in the country, as well as fabrics by Marcia Durst, Kay Facet, and Fabric for Garments and Bag Making. Karen creates many of her own patterns and Block of the Month designs. Her project for the magazine, Walkabout, is a 69 by 90 inch string quilt made with bright Aboriginal fabrics and luscious purples. Red Barn Retreat and Quilting Center in Wolferth, Texas, was opened by Michelle Fuller and Paige Hyde in 2015. It's an 1,800-square-foot large red barn on the prairie in western Texas. They carry 1,200 bolts of fabric, traditional and contemporary, and a large selection of wool, designing their own line of patterns under the name Flatland Creations. There's also a retreat center on the property available for private retreats. 
Their project, Be Kind, is a 15 by 36 inch sweet table runner with cotton and wool applique and hand embroidery. The Quilted Cow are Missouri shop. The owners are Jennifer Todd and Inez Risner. The shop was opened in 2010 and is located in the touristy area of Branson in the Ozarks. Because of that, the shop offers many kits and small projects for the grab-and-go shopper, people passing through. Florals, blenders, patriotics, brights, and wool fabrics fill the store. Jennifer stays in touch with customers worldwide through a weekly Facebook party. Their project for the magazine, Let Freedom Ring, is a patriotic quilt, 58 by 74 inches. It's a log cabin in beautiful floral prints from the Summertime Collection by Wilmington Fabrics. This pattern would also work great for a Quilt of Valor quilt. Seven Sisters Quilt Shop in Carson City, Michigan was opened in 2010 by sisters Rachel Hubler and Katie Meja. Uh, it's a bright shop offering 1930s repros, traditional fabrics, batiks, bright moderns, motabella solids. Seven Sisters carries something for everyone. It's located in a small community of just 1,100. There is a tight-knit family behind the shop, and they believe in treating their customers as family. Their project, a king-size quilt called Stars Within, measures 100 by 104 inches. It's a rainbow galaxy of Seven Sisters quilt blocks rendered in solids. Shop number nine is Bloom Fabric Art and Retreat in Margaretville, New York. The owners are a mother-daughter team, Lori and Katie Rosa. They opened the shop in 2017 in a 19th century Masonic lodge that's located on the quaint Main Street in the Catskills town of Margaretville. Bloom carries fabric, yarn, and art supplies, a little bit of everything. There's a 1,700 square feet retreat center behind the shop, and they have plans for expanding. Katie is a budding pattern designer, and she has a project in one of our upcoming Quilts and More issues. She designed their quilt sampler project, One Fish, Two Fish, which is an adorable kid's quilt, 44 by 56 inches in an ombre of solids and scrappy bright prints. And finally, our Encore Shop was originally featured in a 2003 issue. It's Corn Wagon Quilt Company in Springville, Utah. Owners Judd and Marsha Harward opened the shop in 1999. Corn Wagon carries a large selection of wool, about 95% of it is locally dyed. In addition to homespuns, flannels, Civil War, modern prints, a large color wall, juvenile, and plush fabrics. In 2019, they opened the Quilters Mercantile and Retreat Center next door. Their project for the magazine is Summer Blossoms. It was designed by Ramona Sorensen. It's 72 by 86 inches with a garden of large colorful blooms on a white ground. Each one of these shops has a unique story that's shared within the pages of the magazine, along with their exclusive project available as a kit directly from each shop. For 25 years, Quilt Sampler Magazine has been celebrating and supporting our local quilt shops. While you may not be able to visit them in person right now, we do hope you'll pay them a visit via their website and social media to support them and your own local quilt shop via their online stores until we're able to visit them in person again. Thanks so much, Doris. These shops deserve all the recognition. We'll link to some fun behind-the-scenes videos we did of the shops in our show notes so you can check them out more. 
And don't forget to buy the newest issue of Quilt Sampler later this week. We'll be back after this quick ad break. Welcome back. We have an announcement. This episode is the last episode of this season, season 10. We are taking a two-month break for the months of May and June to allow our staff to enjoy the nice weather with their families, continue to produce amazing content in our magazines and online, and plan a new podcast season of fun interviews and helpful tips and tricks. Special thanks to everyone who filled out our podcast survey. We love all your suggestions on topics you'd love to hear next season and people we should chat with. The survey goes until April 30th, so you still have some time to get your ideas submitted to us and enter for a chance to win a prize. We'll link to the survey in our show notes. If you've just joined us on this podcast recently, you're in luck. We have plenty of past episodes to listen to, so check them out. If you've been with us for a while, don't worry. We'll be popping in every once in a while the next few months to check in and share some fun bonus content. In the meantime, stay in touch with us on social media, on our website, and in our magazines. And don't forget that special subscription offer for 60% off. Visit our show notes for those details. Everyone stay safe, stay healthy, stay creative, and we'll be back before you know it.